With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to WrestleWolf, I'm your host Damian Gibson. This week we're going to be talking about WWE's Crown Jewel and AEW's Dynamite. Let's get into it. Hello guys, welcome to the podcast. Uh, For new listeners, double welcome. Uh, For returning listeners, thank you very much for coming back. Uh, This, for those of you who don't know what we do here, the show's called WrestleWolf. We talk about wrestling. Um, What we haven't done for a really long time is talked about WWE. Um, I think the last episode I talked about NXT Halloween Havoc um, which started off well and then fell off a cliff. Um, I One of the main reasons why I sort of fell out, <laughs> not fell out, but fell off as a WWE fan was their um, agreement, which I think is at least seven years with the Saudi Arabian government to host Crown Jewel. Um I watched the first couple and I just, you know, the more I learned about the Saudi government, the more I I didn't really want anything to do with supporting WWE's ventures there. But I I thought, you know, with the podcast of me being uh, on my own, hosting the podcast now, um, and we're not being as stringent on what we are and aren't watching, um, that I would at least sort of glance at Crown Jewel and, uh, see what was happening. Um, and look, I'm not going to go into any sort of detailed review or recap or anything like that, but um, it would look the, uh, here's a positive. It was nice to see AJ Styles wrestling Finn Balor. If I was booking the, uh, if I was booking the show, I would be doing that a lot more. Um, and not in three-man tags. <laughs> I would be booking the two of them to go head-to-head, which I'm sure will happen at a bigger pay-per-view, so I get that you're not giving that away at Crown Jewel. Um, but, 
yeah, it is nice to see, and and was nice to hear New Japan referenced in WWE. Like, just because you reference another promotion doesn't mean people are going to immediately switch off and go and watch that promotion. So that was cool. Um, seeing the girls all wrapped up uh, in in these weird sort of body suits, not being able to wear whatever the hell they want. Um, it just every time they came down to the ring, it was an instant reminder of like, ah, oh, yeah, we're in Saudi Arabia and uh, this isn't cool and this shouldn't be happening. Um, yeah. And like, the, you know, I don't want to turn this into a war because I'm sure that there will be WWE things that I check out in the near future and will enjoy and you know like the the Al Halloween Havoc there were certain aspects to that that I, I did absolutely enjoy so the, it's not it's not the product is um absolutely beyond reproach you know like it the, the, there is a fun element to it um and the main event Logan Paul versus Roman Reigns was mostly that um but it's it was just so hard to forget where this was and the fact that nothing has changed since Triple H has taken over. You know, for all the uh, sort of pomp and circumstance from, uh, you know, certain YouTubers or even just people on Twitter and Reddit talking about, oh, this is a new dawn of a new era, absolutely nothing has changed. I would even say that um, outside of the people being used um, – the techniques for storytelling in the ring have not changed. Uh, WWE's matches are slow, so slow and so boring. Having gone away for two and a half years and coming back, there's a part of me that's like, is my TV, is my internet like lagging or something? Because everything feels so goddamn slow in comparison to AEW and, and New Japan, even Impact. I mean, the, the the style of wrestling that's being done everywhere else on Earth, outside of the WWE system, it, it is it's weird. It's weird to come back. It feels like you're stuck in quicksand or something. Um, and one person that kind of popped out of that uh, on the night for me was Logan Paul. <laughs> I mean, the kid is a natural, um, was really, I had seen him do stuff before and so, like, wasn't completely miffed that, you know, wasn't like, oh, my God, this is the first time I'm seeing him and, and he's stupendous. But for to see him carry a main event on a pay-per-view, I think went for about 25 minutes all up, 30 minutes, is very, very impressive considering that he is not a wrestler. I mean, you could make an argument that he is now, uh, but, you know, in in reality, he hasn't paid his dues, he hasn't travelled up and down the roads, he hasn't, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and Roman Reigns is super solid as a, as a heel. I, I don't know if you could ever make Roman Reigns a face again. Um, the uh, Look, in retrospect, I probably enjoyed the main event. I I did. I think I enjoyed it. It was probably 10 minutes too long and there were so many run-ins. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I'll ever complain about Gaga and AEW matches ever again with the amount of... There was 
almost every single member of um, the the uh, really call themselves the family or whatever or Roman Reigns' tribe came down and then uh, is it Aaron Paul, Jake Paul? Uh, anyway, no, Aaron Paul's from Breaking Bad. <laughs> anyway, his Logan Paul's brother came down, the boxing guy, um, and then there were dudes from his podcast who were in the front row who got the shit kicked out of them as well. I mean, there was a lot going on. There was a lot going on. So would have uh, been very interested to hear Jim Cornette's take on on that. Um, you know, if he's such a if he if he hates the run in so much in AEW, I would love to hear what he had to say about that main event. Um, but I will never listen to anything he ever has to say. Uh, but it, it, I think the one thing that kind of gets overlooked with Crown Jewel is the shows are bad. <laughs> like, I mean, this main event was the best main event at a Crown Jewel, I think. Um, but because the because the the Saudi prince and and his mates are supposedly are booking the shows, it, it, they're weird and random and all over the place. And um, yeah, I mean, even uh, Bray Wyatt came down and sort of. Uh, I haven't, to be fair, I haven't been watching SmackDown and Raw, so I don't know how much of this he's done on TV, but he sort of came down, cut a promo. It looks like he's feuding with himself, which is a very Bray Wyatt angle, and I like that. It's cool. I think Bo Dallas might come in and actually play himself or a version of himself or something. It seemed like that might be what's coming up, but... um yeah, overall, I mean, it's just so long. I mean, it's three, three, almost four hours, I think it was, and I spent a lot of time, um, you know, on the scrub button. I was really scrubbing through matches. Nothing really grabbed my attention that much. Um, besides the main event, the main event was fine. I think that's kind of w that, that so far from what I've seen. <clears throat> with Hunter is that for the Rustadon fans, you know, the pay-per-view is fine um, and they really put all of their efforts into the main event. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's... I suppose that's kind of always been WWE's MO, but um, it, it... that Yeah, I mean, uh, Clash of the Castle, that was the case. Uh, this uh, That was the case here at... A crown jewel. Um, so nothing really, nothing really blew me away. Um, but anyway, look, let's uh, have a quick break here, and then when we come back, we'll talk about this week's AEW Dynamite. Yeah, kickers lining up for an onside kick. The chances of regaining possession are slim. The stakes are high, and the tension is high. Your pulse is racing. He kicks. You watch as the ball lands. Make every play feel this exciting with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Right now, new customers can make any $5 NFL bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. You know me, guys. I'm telling you, put money on the bills. All the money, all in. All in on the bills. 
to make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped up same game parlays once per game day, all season long. Also, um, you can bet on AWWE. Uh, I haven't checked on Impact or New Japan, but on the two big guys, you can you can bet on that as well. So if you're not an NFL kid, get in on the on the wrestling betting action. To do any of that, all you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Just place a $5 bet on any football game, only a DraftKings Sportsbook, using code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Welcome back, gang. Um... I don't know about you guys, but I'm. There's just something about wrestling at the moment that isn't grabbing me um, as much as as it has previously. Maybe I'm watching too much of it. Maybe I'm spreading myself too thin. Um, Maybe AEW isn't as good as it was. I I I don't know. Let's go through Dynamite this week and um, see if we can work it out between the between ourselves uh the first match of the night was ftr and the acclaimed they defeated swerve and our glory and the gun club i suppose the story here is that the gun club and um ftr will wrestle at uh, full gear for the ring of honor titles and the acclaimed will go up against swerve in our glory so that's you know we're kind of continuing the storylines along here um but also the keith lee and, and swerve strickland storyline is continuing i just thought there was i know this is a match that a lot of people would have really loved because of the amount of top rope work and double teams and triple teams and quadruple teams that were happening here it was just too much for me i think my big piece of feedback for the wrestlers and tony and AEW at the moment is less is more a little bit i just think there needs to be a little bit more self-editing going on like do we need to have the continuous like eight man suplexes when there's a four on four tag match? Um, I don't think so, and especially when it takes a lot of time to set up the spot. It takes a lot of time to set up the spot, and it's ex- it's always executed brilliantly, but it it just takes me out of the experience. I understand that's going to make me sound like Jim Cornette. I just, that's just how I'm feeling at the moment when I'm watching it. There's a bit of cringeworthiness for me. That's like you're going, you are concentrating too much on getting that big pop for the, the massive spot rather than trying to tell a story. And if you look at someone like uh, Brian Danielson in, in the main event of this match, he managed to temper his opponent, Sammy Guevara's inclination to do that to a point and, and tell a really good story um, in the ring. Uh, next up, we had an MGF promo. I thought this was really great storytelling. He was on a major uh, podcast over in the States, and he cut a promo to camera on this podcast, which I had no problem with whatsoever because uh, – MJF would do that. That's in his character. But also I really like the fact that like the promo is cut on a podcast because he's, of course, on a podcast, he would be talking about himself 
and who is wrestling next and what's happening in AEW. It, it made perfect sense to me. Um, it's another brilliant promo by MJF um, leading into full gear. He's got all the momentum behind him. I thought this was brilliant. Uh, four, four and a half stars, 4.5 stars. Next segment, we had Stokely Hathaway telling MJF that he doesn't need him and that he will get him eventually. So those guys are officially enemies and feuding. Still feel like there might be a swerve there at full gear, although the amount of production that was put into this, maybe not. Uh, Ethan Page and Eddie Kingston, the, the crowd is going mental for Eddie at the beginning of this. He is really over, like Mick Foley over, and... Uh, I don't care if he hits Sammy Guevara backstage. I don't care if he's a bit of a handful. You need to give this man a belt um, and you need to give it to him as quickly as possible. Uh, they're telling a good story about the rivalry between Ethan Page and Eddie Kingston that's been going on for, for ages. They really dislike each other. Well, Taz and Excalibur are. Yeah, we've managed to get JR off the commentary booth and now... Uh, Shivani says Shivani seems to be the grump who won't put anything over, which is weird because he's an executive producer or something now as well. So you would think that he would know better than that. It might just be banter to them, but it sounds really unprofessional to me. I mean, I just, I don't understand why when Taz and Excalibur are trying to tell a story about something that happened on the Indies, why you would just dismiss that. Um, yeah, it it just sounds it just sounds like no one talks to each other. It sounds like there's no production meetings. It sounds like no one's on the like. It sounds like no one's on the same page. Yeah, not good. Um, later on the match, we had uh, some good storytelling about uh, Paige's Taekwondo background, which I had not heard about. So again, that's good to hear. It fills in the character a little bit. Um. There were some moments in this match where it felt like the the chain wrestling was a little slow, um, but uh, Ego's Edge at the end off the turnbuckle was super impressive by Ethan Page to get the win. I think that's the right booking, unfortunately for Eddie. It's time for Eddie to be put in a feud with someone else and, and move him towards maybe the TNT belt or um, the All-Atlantic belt, something. Um because he will elevate either one of those two belts and um, he's just so over. You know, it's like Orange Cassidy with the All-Atlantic belt. He's just so over. You have to – you've got to put the belts on people when they're hot. And Eddie Kingston's been hot since day one. But eventually that fire will go out. So anyway, uh, 3.75 stars for that that whole bit. Uh, next up we get Dark Order and Roosh. Um, are back at it. Rush offers tend to join his faction, which was Matt Hardy's faction, which was Andrade's faction, which is now Rush's faction. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, Ten says no. Uh, Johnny Hungy says something funny. We all move on. 2.5 stars. Uh, Ari Davari is uh, offering to buy off Wardlow in a TNT title match. Now, I like this bit of this segment because... Ari Davari is doing what he does, trying to buy championships. Wardlow beats the, the living crap out of him. But he's also defending the TNT title on TV, which I wanted to see more of. And he wins clean here. Um, there's some storytelling of Joe and Wardlow breaking up that, you know, it was sort of um, 
forecast throughout the match, and this is eventually what Joe does. So Wardlow calls out Hobbs. Hobbs um, and says <clears throat> Wardlow challenges Hobbs to the TNT title at full gear. And then uh, Samoa Joe hits Wardlow because he says that he <laughs> um, is going to take every title and Joe gets upset at that. So I think now we're going to get a three-way um, for the TNT title at, at full gear. And I I don't know. I, th- <laughs> I don't know. I think you would. I think the likelihood is that Tony will probably keep the belt on Wardlow um, because he tends to keep belts on champions for a long time. Um, that's fine. At least there's some storytelling happening at the moment here with with that belt. Um, but I think the reason why we're seeing people, you know, complaining and wanting uh, Will Hobbs to win online is... You know, as I was saying last episode and the episode before, Wardlow's run has been really insignificant. I mean, if you guys could tell me what he has done as TNT champion, I'd be much obliged because I, you know, like the last three weeks is the thing that I can think of the most. I mean, this is why it's important to continue to build a champion even when they have the belt on. You can't just... You can't just have him appear with Samoa Joe every week. And I know that, like, you know, now that Joe's turned on him, it's like, okay, well, they're trying to build a relationship there. It doesn't make sense to pull the trigger on that this soon, I don't think. You know, like, um, do it at full gear. Like, have Samoa Joe cost Wardlow the belt. But then, you know, I would probably complain about not getting a clean finish if that happened to the pay-per-view. <laughs> Look, I mean, yeah, a champion can feud with two people at once. I don't have any problem with that. Um, this is this is good. What's happening now, I, I like. I like that there's a feud happening. Wardlow's got something to do. Um, but for the last two and a half months, he hasn't. So anyway, this all up was good. It was solid. It's good to see Will Hobbs getting a push as well. 3.25 stars. Britt Baker and Soraya are in the ring next. Uh, Tony Skiavone is out there. Um, he essentially gets booted by uh, Soraya when she comes to the ring. She tells us what we all kind of knew was coming, that she's been cleared to wrestle, which let's just take a moment uh, outside of kayfabe to talk about how excellent that is. It's always great when wrestlers who have been given a diagnosis of not being able to be in the ring again, can come back. Brian Danielson is one. Edge is another. Um, and Soraya, you know, or Paige in WWE, is was and is fantastic. Um, so th- this is great. Um, uh, Britt is banging on about how she built, built the AEW women's division uh, and it annoys her when people like Soraya just... Uh, stroll in and say it's her house, which, you know, I will say this. The good thing about Brit's, um, uh, you know, her reason for being upset is legitimate. Like, her motivation is clear. 
you know, she sees herself as as the face of the women's division, and she is. Um, and she doesn't like it when other people come in. And then Soraya cuts a really great promo on how much she's sacrificed to be a female wrestler and that she, she wasn't handed a place by Tony Khan. I don't know. I mean, look, you can you can sort of poke holes in little things that are said in a, in a promo. I would much prefer there to be moments where I'm like, ugh, and have wrestlers doing live promos off the top of their head. Um, so we get that excitement and, and magic most of the time rather than having scripts. Um, but really, in reality, Soraya didn't say anything great, uh, wrong here. Uh, everything was really, really good. Um, uh, as she's going to – Soraya says that everything Brit's got, she's been handed and she's going to hand Brit another opportunity. She's going to get to wrestle Soraya at full gear. Um, and this was a great promo, four stars. Um, and really looking forward to that match. Um, next up, we got a nice quick promo tying up Jay Lethal uh, and the Factory crossover from last week. Danhausen, the best friends, appear. Um, and we get a, an All Atlantic match uh, between Orange Cassidy and Lee Moriarty, which should be pretty good on Rampage. Trent then challenges Jay Lethal just for being an asshole, <laughs> and um, we get a match. It happens next. Uh, Lethal takes down Trent when he's coming to the ring and then is a ba- is basically on top of Trent uh, for the whole match. Jay Lethal gets the win and then essentially gets to the top of the stage and, and brings Jeff Jarrett out, who I thought cut a fantastic promo. I, I, I don't... I'm not seeing a huge amount of this, but I am seeing some negativity towards Jeff Jarrett coming to AEW. I, I, I can, I can understand. Uh, you know, I, I look. I was saying this about Billy Gunn for a year and a half, and was completely wrong. I think if you've got, so I'm trying to learn my lesson a little bit. If you've got someone who has that many years' experience, I mean, he started Impact Wrestling. You know, I mean, the guy knows wrestling he he knows more in his little finger about wrestling than than i know completely so um he knows what he's doing he's going to help the company out and he's cutting great promos and it basically sets up a match of full gear between jay lethal and uh double j versus sting and darby allen great more sting and jeff jarrett Awesome. There's a crossover there between Impact. If you're an old Impact fan, you'd be into that. If you're a WCW guy, you'd be into that. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's awesome. And Jeff Jarrett cut a great promo, so I gave four stars for all of this. Uh, Jungle Boy speaking to Renee, he says he's going to give Christian and Luchasaurus a challenge on Rampage, so that'll be interesting to see what that is. 2.5 stars. John Moxley and Regal come to the ring. Uh, Mox talks about how he picked a fight with Regal when he first met him and lost. And then he came back and beat Regal, and that's when Regal took him under his wing. And he looks back at how he was when he was young, and he sees MJF. And uh, he cuts a pretty great promo about MJF is nothing like the devil, and everything he's done till now uh, has been easy because MJF's been talking about how hard he's had to work to get to where he is. Um, and what I did like about this promo, not that it was John Moxley's best promo by any stretch, um, you know, it was pretty line and length, but what it did 
do was there was a air of arrogance and smugness from the two of them here, which again kind of makes Max the underdog. It's really interesting the sort of slow turn here. I'm not I don't expect John Moxley to, to turn heel at any stretch, but there is that kind of like dual babyface thing going on here where they I they I feel like Tony Khan is trying to project MJF as the face of the company. Um, with MJF, though, there is always this thing of like, I feel like there will be a swerve <laughs> of some description. We get another elite promo. This one's around full gear. So essentially the elite are, are dissolving out of the full gear ads. Um, I, I don't know whether this is, uh, whether this means the elite will be back at full gear. Uh, which is probably most likely, or the person who has deleted the Elite will show up for full gear. And could that be Sam Punk? Um, I'm really enjoying this. this. This feels like old school vignettes, like the Young Bucks are coming sort of thing. I'm really enjoying it. Um, outside of like who's right and who's wrong as far as the gripe bomb and the the fight backstage is concerned, Um I hope I'm proven right that the whole thing was either a work or a work that, or a shoot that's been turned into a work. But even if it hasn't, the show, I, I'm missing the Young Bucks. I miss BTE. I miss the Young Bucks. Uh, Kenny Omega, I don't miss as much, but he, I mean, he's one of the best in the world. So it's important to get that quality back onto the, onto the show. Um, so we have Jamie Hayter taking on Sky Blue, uh, and this match didn't really live up to my expectations. I thought this match would be fantastic, um, and it wasn't awful by any stretch. It was just fine. Um, there were limited, uh, there was limited interference with this in this match, which which was good. Uh, I, why Tony Storm came down with Sky Blue? That seems very tenuous to me. This feels that felt like very sort of rock and roll wrestling. It's like, oh well, they're friends because they're good guys. Like, ah, okay. <laughs> um, it just sort of feels like we're counting down the days until Jamie Hayter is is AEW Women's Champion. I'm starting to see a bit of backlash here about AEW fans always wanting something different or new, and I don't think that's a bad thing for fans to want that. You know, like that they. The, the most exciting things in wrestling is when belts change hands. Like, it's either face-to-heel turns, heel-to-face turns, or the belts changing hands. So that's the, the major things in wrestling storytelling. So I don't think you can get mad at people for wanting um, change, you know. Like, that, that's that's why we watch pay-per-views is to, to see what happens with the belts. Um and I love Tony Storm. I mean, I'm a massive fan of Tony Storm. But again, you know, I said this earlier in the podcast, whoever has the momentum is probably the person who should be given the strap and Jamie Hayter has all the momentum in the moment. And let's be honest, the women's division in AEW needs all the help it can get to get people's eyeballs on it and to get some respect happening there. Uh, 
uh, the Murderhawk beats down Ricky Starks next. 1.5 stars. What the fuck? Of all the people on the AEW roster you could get, why is Ricky St- Ricky Starks comes out on Rampage last week. He throws his hat in the ring for the, the World Heavyweight Championship Eliminator uh, tournament. Um, and I assume he's coming up against Lance Archer in the first. I haven't even bothered to check this out. But listen, here's he, he's the, he's the real dirt on Lance Archer. Lance Archer's been in this company for three years and not one person or, you know, two and a half years, not one person has given a shit ever in any of the matches. Yeah, have there been some good matches with Lance Archer in it? Yes, fine. Was the teaming up with Jake the Snake interesting? For a little bit until, for some reason, Jake wasn't doing <laughs> promos anymore. Um, Jake's having some health problems at the moment, so obviously that's not uh, not something that can happen. But why would you take someone like Ricky Starks, who's getting this online momentum, even though the people booking the show don't seem to want to do anything with him, and, and get him beaten down by murder? You don't need Ricky Starks to be this. All that suggests to me this little promo is that the people in charge have no faith in Ricky Starks. They think he's too small, you know, because this is the kind of shit that used to happen to Brian Danielson in WWE all the time, where it's like, oh, well, no one will believe that he can beat someone like this. You know, we need to, we need to see the big guy beating down the little guy until the match. And then in the match, the guy will win by a surprise roll up or something like, no, Ricky Starks needs to be booked strong and clean. I don't want to see this ever again. It was the only thing on the show that I hated. Hate it. Hate it. Never want to see it again. Uh, Main event was Brian Danielson versus Sammy Guevara. Danielson wins the first fall via DQ. It's not something I've really seen too much of before, and I really liked it. Uh, Sammy threw a chair at Brian's face, and it wasn't a no-DQ match, so he got disqualified. Um, he then grabbed a microphone and attacked <laughs> Brian. D- Sammy did got a microphone and attacked Brian Danielson's eye with it. Didn't get DQ'd for that for some reason. But anyway, um, he cuts open Brian uh, and then goes to work on on Brian Danielson's face. Uh, Sammy gets a second pinfall, and, and let's be real, no one wants to see Sammy get this close to Brian Danielson. Uh, again, like I don't care if these guys are pillars or you know, I I just I get that it's a two out of three falls match, so Sammy has to win one of them. But he had the ascendancy in the vast majority of this match, uh, and I again I understand that comes from him cheating and being a bad guy, but. When he was when he had any ascendancy, Sammy, that is. The crowd was dead. There is a difference between, you know, I've been saying this about The Miz for 20 years and no one will listen to me. No one cares. Like, yes, he gets booed and you might be like, oh, okay, well, he's a heel. He gets booed. He's doing his job. But no one gives a fuck. No one's tuning in. Oh, shit. The Miz has taken on whoever. No one, no one is tuning in for that. So, yes, you might get your crowd response that you want, your TV show, but it's not it's not MJF, you know, it's not Roman Reigns. You don't have these heels who are dragging people in wanting to see a baby face like Hangman Adam Page or John Cena or whoever the case may be, beat that heel. 
Sammy Guevara is an annoying person who you have to put up with to watch the TV show that you like. Just the way that The Miz is an annoying person you have to put up with to watch the show that you like. Uh, anyway, Brian Danielson, I've written a whole bunch of notes here, but there's no, I'll just bang on and on. There's no point. Brian Danielson gets the third fall. He wins two out of three falls. But, you know, I would argue he hasn't been booked well going into full gear because now he's had this long match against Sammy Guevara. They'll probably beat him down next week. So he goes into that match all beaten down probably to win. But I want to see Brian Danielson. I'm happy, like, you know, I was complaining three or four weeks ago that he wasn't in the main event. Now he's in the main event. Great. But I want to see him win strongly and clean. Um, That's your next challenge, Tony. You know, I don't want Daniel Garcia going over Brian. I don't want Sammy Guevara going over Brian. At least let Brian have his run first, which it's it's too late now because MJF is, is going to win at full gear and he'll be champion for the next 6 to 12 months. Um, So, <laughs> you know, uh, Brian probably becomes the Ring of Honor champion and I, I just cannot tell you guys how much I think that's wrong. I, I would almost prefer Chris Jericho to keep that belt uh, so Brian Danielson can, can go after something else. Um, but Tony has his toy box. He wants to see Brian Danielson win the Ring of Honor Heavyweight Championship again. But it, again, you know, having the Ring of Honor belts on an AEW show makes no sense to me. Um, uh, yeah. Anyway, seeing Brian win in the main event here and win strong was good. Uh, overall, I gave the, the thing 3.75 stars. Um, but, um, the vast majority of that rating came from Brian Danielson. Um, all right, guys, we're going to leave that there. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you want to help out the show, download the DraftKings uh, app and use uh, the code TPPN uh, to get a discount there. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, or you can rate and review us on uh on Apple Podcasts. But until next time, guys, look after yourselves. Good night.